smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the Unprecedented Podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Welcome back, everybody. Tuesday, May 26th. Cliff, happy end of Memorial Day. Actually, do we not even, we probably shouldn't even say happy Memorial Day. It reminds me of Trump saying happy Good Friday. Yeah, well, it, I've seen different people speak about it, and some who are veterans. I try to respect what other people who what are they what do they say days for it. And I did see one or two of them say, "You're not supposed to say happy. It's not a happy day. It's a solemn occasion." And blah, that's blah, what blah. I'm thinking. It's kind of like happy anniversary of my dad's death. You right. Know, it's it's yeah. So I don't know. Um, I would go. I with, think so, um, actually, because I think so. Although Merry, well, no, Merry Christmas. It would be like, well, no, Happy Easter too, because Happy Easter was the resurrection, so it was a positive. Yeah. It's not Happy Good Friday, which is like when he dies. Any case, but I'm sure well, Trump can um, do it. It's been, it was Memorial Day, everybody. Whether it was it happy was. for you or not. Yep. Uh, let me list a few of the topics we're going to talk about, and then we'll just do a quick little promo. Um, so we're going to chat a little bit about uh, Donald Trump's latest attacks on on Joe Scarborough. Uh, Trump freaking out about golfing, which is this is very relevant, I think, to a larger issue. That's why we're talking about it. Uh, Trump attacked Stacey Abrams. Abrams, Brit Hume freaked out about uh, uh, Joe Biden finally wearing a mask publicly. Boris Johnson. Oh, Boris Johnson, Cliff. I want to bring that in too because it was a scandal in the UK regarding yeah, social distancing. What exactly did he, did he do now? Well, let's. We will talk about it. Basically, a top aide violated the social distancing lockdown rules. And the entire fucking country is up in arms, united across all politics. Well, because they do that kind of thing there. A little different than here. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's – it's. I was asking British friends about it last night. Uh, and then we'll get into some election stuff, so approval polls. I just saw a Utah poll. Um, yeah, and, I, and I, I have the Mayor Utah was, thing you know, ready to go. We should also, regarding polls and elections, talk yep. about the big decision by the judge in Florida too. Okay. And, uh, uh, oh, and then you may know the one that the, the, the essentially stopping their new poll tax. Where they wanted to make sure that these guys right. paid all back fees before they were allowed to vote. Right. And the judge has said they cannot do that. So. And then we'll uh, we'll also maybe if we can squeeze in the mail-in ballot discussion, because all of that is part of this larger election thing. Um, but first, quick promo for Bill Press. Bill Press, you guys know, is longtime uh, solid progressive. He's got a new podcast up. You know, there's a lot of good podcasts out there, including ours. See, by the way, they changed the copy. God bless them. Remember the copy said before that, uh, that like, there's only one place to go for your they news. Heard, we, uh, I bet others like us read it that probably way. Probably other people said the same thing. They're like, well, no. Like, I'm not really going to tell people good. not to come to my podcast. That's exactly. Go to two podcasts, Bill Press and Unprecedented. Uh, right. No, anyway, but there's a lot of good podcasts out there, Bill uh, there's only one. I know this is true. There's only one by a former chair of the California Democratic Party. I did not know that. Progressive radio and TV host and member of the White House Press Corps. I didn't know he was a former chair of the California Democratic Party. I did when you went. They used to introduce him the way when he went on Crossfire. I had no yeah. idea. Wow. Uh, of course, I'm talking about our friend Bill Press, longtime host of the Bill Press Show and now host of the Bill Press Pod with his twice a week hard hitting progressive take on all the evils of the Trump administration. This week, for example, Bill exposes Donald Trump's phony attacks on President Obama. He takes on Bill Barr, the worst attorney general in history, and slams Trump for refusing to wear a mask and taking unproven drugs, while over 92,000, actually we're up to 99,000, Americans have died of the coronavirus. Plus, you'll hear Bill interview leading progressives like Maxine Waters, Eric Swalwell, <laughs> we should talk about him in a minute, that was funny, uh, Jerry Brown and Pete Buttigieg, and hold a weekly roundtable with three of Washington's top political reporters, two of which had better be us soon, I hope. That's why I subscribe to the Bill Press Pod, and you should too. Just go wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for the Bill Press 
P-R-E-S-S pod and click on subscribe. Then tell all your friends to do the same. Join me, friends, as a subscriber to the Bill Press pod. Eric Swalwell, did you see his tweet last night? Democratic no. congressman. Good he, he's, guy. he's a good tweeter as that yeah. as they go. He's good he at the good side. tweet. Yes. So Swalwell last night tweets and goes, I'm really sorry if any of you, my three-year-old got a hold of my phone, and if any of you got an Apple Pay request to pay me a dollar, <laughs> <laughs> please ignore it. Apparently a number of them went out, and he goes, I didn't even know this was a thing. <laughs> that is my, so cool. My three-year-old figured that. it out. So his three-year-old sent invoices to all of his contacts. <laughs> oh my God, that's so cool. You owe me a dollar via Apple Pay. Imagine that three-year-old's like oh, early pioneer. Well, you think uh, it was a campaign fundraiser or something You because a dollar is like a campaign thing, just for one dollar, you know, so you get your name on the list or whatever. But it was a three-year-old though. Imagine. You know, yeah. when I was a kid, I did prank phone calls at age four. I would just, I remember Holyoke, Massachusetts. I dialed when I was four years old from Chicago. Cause my mom's like, who called Holyoke, Massachusetts? I'm like, oh. I did something like that too. I think it was worse though. I think I called like a foreign country for well, some Cause reason. you random dial. It could be anything. Yeah. You know, back then, especially, but so uh, funny. I know. I love yeah. that three-year-old. <laughs> Although, oh you know, God. back in, in those days, it took a lot of effort to make that call. You had to go do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah. You know, the old rotary phones, baby. That was the yeah. You know, just old fun. enough to remember those as a little kid. It was fun. Um, so uh, I thought you know we can start with the Trump Scarborough stuff again because I think it's there's some larger stuff going on. Basically, this weekend Trump repeatedly tweeted about uh, MSNBC host, former conservative Republican Congressman Joe Scarborough, basically claiming that he murdered a woman 20 years ago or so in his office. Um. It's an old story. It's been debunked. Uh, the woman had a heart condition, was not oh, feeling she, well that she, day. She passed out and passed hit her out, head and yeah. hit her head and died. Um, and she was 28 and she was married. Yeah. Yep. Horrible story. Husband totally on Scarborough's side, so to speak. Her husband just released a letter even saying, stop it. Right. I mean, the family say, is saying, stop it. It was, a lot, it was a lot better than stop it. It was, uh, it was, a, you hmm. should, if you haven't read it, you should go find it. It was a pretty, I saw an article. Letter. I didn't see the letter. What kind of stuff? Um, hold on and I will find it for you. You can find it. Because it's very, it's very, they're doing of Seth Rich on him, which was that poor uh, kid, yes. Democratic National Committee, 28 years old, who was murdered and they tried to turn it into a conspiracy. That, well, these people's that, families, yeah. like they have to go through all this stuff. Yeah. Um, so this is written to, to Jack Dorsey, who, of course, is the CEO of Twitter and tries to be Mr. Like cool guy that everybody should like on Twitter and doesn't ever do a fucking thing about, I mean, you know, there's a reason that neo-Nazis yeah. have proliferated on Twitter. I mean, it's a business model for them. They want those voices. I don't care what they say, yeah. you know, they could stop those voices from being on and they don't. Um, so what you have, so, okay, nearly, I'll just read a few parts that are important. I'm not going to read sure. the whole letter. Uh, nearly 19 years ago, my wife, who had an undiagnosed heart condition, fell and hit her head on her desk at work. She was found dead the next morning. Her name is Lori K. Clasitis, and I may be Clasitis. I may be pronouncing it wrong. I probably yep. am. Yep, yep, yep. And she was tw- um, she was 28 when she died. Her passing is the single most painful thing I've ever had to deal with in my 52 years, and continue to haunt. And it continues to haunt her parents and sister. I've mourned my wife every day since her passing. He goes on and on. He said, there's been a constant barrage of falsehoods, half-truths, innuendo, and conspiracy theories since she died. Um, I've struggled to move forward in my life. Uh, then here's the part. 
Uh, the frequency, intensity, ugliness, and promulgation of these horrifying lies ever uh, increased increases on the internet. These conspiracy theorists, including most recently the President of the United States, continue to spread the, their bile and misinformation on your platform, wow. disparaging the memory of my wife and our marriage. Yep. President Trump on Tuesday tweeted to his nearly 80 million followers, alluding to the repeatedly debunked falsehood that my wife was murdered by her boss, former U.S. Representative Joe Scarborough. Oh. Um, the son of the president followed more directly, uh, followed and more directly attacked my wife. And I don't know what he even said, but Don Jr. You know, you know what I'm guessing, but I'm not going to ascribe anything to Don Jr. or anything without seeing. But why would you kill a 28 year old woman in your office because you were having an affair and she threatened to go? Oh, I'm sure. Something the like fact that, yes. that the husband said you were you were impugning my wife means means yeah, you were alleging something complicit with her, which sounds like an affair. Yeah. That, yes, that would yeah. be my guess. Yeah. Right? So it's even it's um, even a dirtier rumor. Yeah. So let me skip and he shows um uh, let me and then, he, then you skip to this <clears throat> and it says um um, I'm a research engineer and not a lawyer, but I've reviewed all of Twitter's rules in terms of service. The president's tweet that suggests Laurie was murdered without any evidence and contrary to the official autopsy is a violation of Twitter's community rules in terms of service. An ordinary user like me would be banished from the platform for such a tweet, but I'm only asking that these tweets be removed. I'm now angry as well as frustrated and grieved. I understand that Twitter's policies about content are designed to maintain the appearance of that hands are clean. You provide the platform, the rest is up to the users. However, in certain past cases, Twitter has removed content accounts that are inconsistent with your terms of service. Basically, he goes on, I mean, and, and um, I'm asking you to intervene in this instance because the president of the United States has taken something that does not belong to him. This is, this is powerful right here. The memory of my dead wife and perverted it for perceived political gain. I would ask you that you consider Lori's niece and two nephews who will eventually come across this filth in the future. They've never met their aunt, and it pains me to think they could ever learn about her this way. My wife deserves better. Sincerely, Timothy J. Clasitis, Klaus Sugis, uh, PhD. Hmm. So he's asking for them to not even to ban Trump from this or hmm. that, just to erase the just tweets. The and tweets. Twitter, of course, yeah. responded with their usual mealy mouth bullshit, where they said right. we're we're putting certain policies in place to address this in the future. So you know, like sort of stay tuned, kind of thing. And and if it, it passes. It's prologue. They'll, they won't do anything because yeah. they never do. But, yep. you know, I mean, that's the and, thing. Yeah. I was talking to my wife about this earlier. I mean, that's mm. the evil of Twitter is that it's supposed to be a platform that gives people that don't have sort of, you know, the the fame and, and the trappings of all that to be able to right. show, you know, who they are, what they're about, connect with people, you know, this right. kind of thing. Instead, what it often does, it gives because of the policies of Twitter itself, already people who are already the most powerful people, it makes them even more powerful. It gives them a larger army to attack. Right. Well, because yeah. they have the blue yeah. check mark, which you and I also have, um, but they have the blue check mark and they have, you know, 80 million followers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the combination of both of those things, but Twitter giving you that official approval and all those followers means, I mean, you could encourage a genocide via Twitter pretty easily if you have that, that number. And, you know, it, it, Trump, Trump is just is but one. What about, you know, the leaders of Turkey, Poland, Hungary, China, Russia? I mean, Brazil, there's, there's, we've got autocrats across the world right now who, who can weaponize this platform to hurt yep. people. Uh, now that's, actually, that's an interesting point, Cliff, because what if you take an autocrat in another country who, I mean, mind you, it's happening here, but a country that we accept as being bad, right? So well, and got, also where it doesn't have, look, we still have some, you know, hmm. we are a degraded democracy. Don't get me wrong. We are, we are, we are in a 
a lot of trouble and I hope we're not in the kind of death spiral of, right. of our democracy being gone in 10 years or less than it seems. But, but at the very, the, at the most optimistic view of our democracy right now is at this point in time, is in, it's in a lot of distress, a lot of trouble. And yet we still do have some basic due process. We still do have yeah. courts. We still do have yeah. judges. We still do have as much yeah. as they've corrupted a lot of that. I'm yeah. talking about now in countries that don't have any of that. You know what's well, you where know what's a leader funny. says something yeah. and it happens. Yeah. So if a leader wants to 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 you know convince all of their people to go and murder a specific group of people because yeah. you know whoever they are, they're gay, they're Jewish, they're Tutsi, you know, they're they're uh, Muslim, they're whatever, they can yeah. you know proclaim that to their yeah. 30 million followers on Twitter. You know, it's funny, you're getting, except I don't really want to go there totally today, but you're getting into my larger concern about trial by Twitter. Yeah, you I, and I, I agree talked about, And we didn't want to get into it too much today, so I'm not going to, but I just, I have always, as a civil rights activist for, you know, 25 plus years, I've always been concerned about convicting somebody publicly when you might be wrong, because especially now with social media, oh my God, it's so easy just to fan the flames and keep it going. And it's just, it almost, it's not almost, it turns into disinformation. Now, some people like Trump intentionally use it as disinformation, but right. we being good liberals could also attack people. What was the one? Was it the Boston bomber? What was it? Remember the, um, it wasn't the Boston bomber. It was no, a guy. Thinking, it ended up, you're thinking of the one, uh, the guy the poor guy made. in Texas. Not Jeff, well. Is that, I don't know if that's what you're talking about. I'm, I was thinking. I thought you were talking about Richard Jewell, the one who was convicted well, in I, Atlanta of the bombing. Well, and I was going to compare it to that. And I, say, I don't think he was ever actually convicted. Convicted. I think convicted in the public. Has he, he was convicted destroyed. and then exonerated, right? Yeah. No. This was. was, he? I was okay. So that's, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, Clint Eastwood made sure. a movie more recently yeah. about this. I've learned to not fully trust Clint Eastwood's movies. I think he's a great director yeah. whose politics are all jumbled and fucked up. Yeah. So I don't. I you know I don't. I don't, I haven't seen that movie. There was um, a, there was a recent guy and I was going to mention Richard Jewell just because it made me think of the same thing, but a recent guy, um, oh, it was the Charlottesville thing. Remember with the car going through the crowd and killing that poor woman and the neo-Nazis uh -huh. and people were trying to identify people. And I'm pretty sure this was Charlottesville. And they found some guy in Texas who's a professor or something who they thought looked like one of the guys. And for 24 hours, this poor professor in Texas was like, you know, was trying to tweet and everything as much as he could going, oh, my God, I've been here with my family in Texas. I'm not a neo-Nazi in, in Virginia. Right. And that's the danger with this stuff. And I would, I would even say Tara Reid. Tara Reid's another too. interesting case, right? I mean, and you know, we haven't really been getting into it, and we don't really want. I'm not going to fully get into it here. I just, I think the stories, I, I, but but you've got to be careful. Any story. Let, let me finish with this, Cliff. Any mm -hmm. story. Be very careful about believing it at first blush. And the old sixty minutes was this way. I'm talking when I was a kid, so this is like forty years ago. 60 Minutes was like L.A. Law, by the way, a very good old TV show. They they sort of picked the 60 Minutes model where 60 Minutes would give you like back then they'd give you like one side of the story and then they give you the other side. And you'd go, oh, my God, because right. I remember as a kid watching it going, holy shit, for 10 minutes, you had me believing this. And now you said, yeah, but now is the rest of the story. So at the same time, they were kind of educating you about news and how and L.A. Law would like to do that, too. Mind you, that's just a, a, a fun TV show. But they would present well, a case. Stuff. I loved L.A. Law, but they would actually present a case where they would draw you in. And then they'd turn the story. and You'd go, holy shit, the guy wasn't guilty. Or holy shit, the guy was guilty. That's obviously just fiction. But as a lawyer myself and as an advocate, you got to get the whole story. And, and in any case, 
it that's something that this reminded me of was uh it, well, where just, Trump is I, I Trump is taking my, advantage of it. Basically, my background to this, which is and this has been my problem. It was my problem with Tara Reid. It was my problem back with what happened with Al Franken back in the day. It's my problem mm-hmm. with everything. And again, I'm not going to get into all the specifics, but. My problem is, is that when you when you do, you know, now I've been on the board of the Ohio Innocence Project, I believe, for six years. Yep. And with what and, I've and they seen. they do what again? Tell me what they do again. So the Ohio Innocence Project, the original one was, original, uh, one was started, um, and, or at least the most famous one, I should say, was at Northwestern University that showed that all these innocent people were convicted of murder. And you may remember your former governor, George Ryan. I think right. eventually went to prison for other reasons. Um, <laughs> they all exonerated <laughs> everybody on death row because they couldn't feel comfortable. They were all oh, guilty. Wow. Okay. Well, there have been a lot of, I mean, we lie to ourselves. Uh, <laughs> juries are biased. We've used junk science in the past. Yeah. We've had racist judges. I mean, there's so many reasons. We've, we, they're, they're probably, oh. you couldn't count on like your hands and feet, my hands and feet, and really that of Cliff? 50 other people. Number. Yeah. Let me finish. Yeah, number yeah, of innocent people who we've put to death in this country. Yeah. Well, so the point is that I've seen cases, and a bunch of them involve women, where women lied because women are human beings like men, and human beings lie sometimes. And the whole point of, of Me Too was to say that that the, the issue in the past was with sexual harassers, sexual assaulters, that women were basically just property at work in places like that, right. but men could you could ogle and, and right. grab and whatever. It was disgusting. Uh, and and it still happens in some places. And that women should always have their stories heard. You have a story, you should be able to tell it. And we shouldn't just bury it. And I'm 100, 100 million percent behind that. But if there are a lot of holes in your story or before you can prove there's something to it, you can't just either in the court of public opinion or, yeah. or anywhere else destroy people when you do not yep. know it's true. Because again... I'm not going to get into the specifics of Tara Reid or, or any of the other things. I have seen with my own eyes. Yep. I, there is there's one specific case here where a group of parents, you know, including the mothers who are women, claimed their kids were molested by a couple of uh, a bus drivers because really? they knew the school had money and they knew the school would just pay them. I mean, literally, they just had a conspiracy to make yes. them lie? They told their kids what to say. And this poor Ooh. woman, by the way, a woman – had to go to prison for new. I think she's in prison in the end for. I, don't know, I have to look it up for. I don't know how many years no. because of this. We got her out. So what I'm trying to tell you is, I mean, but and literally, there, this woman did nothing wrong. Absolutely nothing. Zero. Oh my God. Nothing. But because did it was not, moms molesting molestation, nothing except for yes. a working class woman who didn't oh have money and power, God. and and the people at this school did, and she was wow. destroyed. And I'm just, you know, but, but there's even the most famous case. And I was lucky enough to meet him when he came and spoke at our chapter here in Ohio Mm -hmm. about a year ago, maybe a little bit Mm -hmm. less. Brian Banks, which is an actual movie you can see. It was out in the movie theaters, right? Mm -hmm. About a football player, an NFL player. Well, he eventually became NFL. He was a college football star and he got together with a woman and she lied and accused him of rape. uh, Because I don't remember the story if he Mm -hmm. broke up with her or whatever it was. And he went to prison for, he ended up saying five years in prison. Oh, and God. the only reason he was let out for good behavior for a weekend, or I don't remember what it was. I have to get more details, but the only people should see the movie. I haven't seen the movie yet, but I got to meet him. It's called Brian Banks. And the only reason why he eventually got out is because, I mean, think of the luck of this. This woman actually reached out to get to, to, to him, to friend him on Facebook after all of this. <laughs> and he, he responded because he thought, well, maybe I can get some. And, right. and went and met her and wore a wire. Oh, my God. And she admitted it? 
admitted that she that she had done it and she was wrong. And I mean, I mean, it, it just it frustrates the hell of me. You can't say yeah. any group, any yeah. class or group of people yeah. never lie for any reason. Or we stop being a democracy. The whole point of democracy, I mean, there's a couple points, but one of them is due process. So, I mean, it, this frustrates the hell out of me. Yeah. And again, that's where I join you to take this back to where it began, yeah. you know, with Twitter. Because I see this all the yeah. time, you know, where like somebody just gets piled on by people who are more powerful, who have blue checks, who have more followers yeah. and, and destroyed and they can't do anything. Yeah. It's, it's, it's basically online bullying is what yeah. it is. Well, and, and the and, thing, I mean, the thing too is like people, people will say like on the, on the sexual assault or sexual harassment or, or sexual abuse, whichever sort of umbrella term you want to use, that – that usually women don't lie or that usually the victims are not lying that in most cases right that 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 they're not lying is what they is what i believe the, the numbers show the problem is and again i approach this more as a lawyer and i think you've got that kind of mindset too cliff just judging by the way you approach things over the years that i i worry about the one innocent person being convicted because you have to, and that's why we have a criminal justice system, and it's why the law sometimes can be kind of cold and impartial. Because we, for example, I don't want to see the the, the one person on Twitter just have their lives obliterated because we got it wrong. Because I've been on the receiving ends of those things, and people try to make light of it about what it's like to have a Twitter swarm from all over the you know globe but come at you. Too, and you and I are lucky enough that we do have a you know, decent number of followers. And can yeah. actually, I can't even imagine. For so people, some of them can at least weigh in and defend you, but it's psychologically horrifying. You know I mean? Like I've learned just not to read them when they happen, but if you're new to it, you don't. It's in any case, I, I think it's really, I just think it's really important. I, th I think you've got to be careful. It's funny. And I'll just make a quick little observation. One of the things that got me into trouble recently was I made an observation and I still think it's really important for everyone to think of is next time you see one of these videos online of somebody doing something wrong. Okay. You know, and I gotcha, right. Whether it's a cop or somebody, not even just a cop, a person, whatever, make sure you're seeing the whole video. There's been a trend other than with the mask videos. And interestingly enough, the mask videos, Cliff, I was thinking about this. You know what I mean? People complaining about the masks. Usually you're getting a lot of the video. First of all, it's often because the mask people themselves are taping and don't realize they're incriminating themselves because they're being such jerks. But usually you're getting you're getting the mask person out of control and the other person being very calm and you're getting most of the video. So it's, you get the, what I mean is, for example, you're, you know, from looking at the video that the, the person in the store didn't, didn't call the woman a bitch or something before the video was being taped to set her off. And then the video started. So you see the woman going crazy about her mask, right? That's not what happened. You, you need to see just in general, this is something I keep telling people. I want to see the video. Even the Ozarks thing this weekend, I didn't retweet it initially. Uh, folks, in case you didn't know, but there was a really uh, big viral video about the Ozarks yeah, a resort. Viral would be one way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, viral video. Yeah, <clears throat> then a bump. In Missouri, I had no idea that's what the Ozarks were. But um, these ridiculous numbers of kids, uh, you know, maybe college and or 20-somethings in this pool together and i mean it's a drunken pool party kind of thing way too many people no social distancing um and even the ozark thing uh when i first saw it i was like okay how do we know this is the ozarks a b how do we know this was this weekend right you know people share stuff and all of a sudden you find out it was the tsunami from three years we did have some of those things like it was the tsunami from three years ago not the one from this year and i will often go and either ask the person tweeting or i'll even go 
and try. I go and make sure, for example, it's from a news person. If it's from a local news person, which the Ozarks video was eventually, then I believed it. Right. But initially it was some guy tweeting it in Queens. And I went, you're a guy in Queens. How do you have two videos right. from the Ozarks? Or, or well, what wherever usually, it was. Usually we all, you know. It's like what I tell my mom, you know, which is <clears throat> when she reads stuff in the news and gets worried and stuff. And, you know, and I'm always like, always consider the source. I'm like, you know, whether, whether yep. you agree with me or not, and think what I do in life is good or not. Yep. Um, I'm one of the people that pitches stories that sometimes end up in those places that you read. So I know there are lots of other people doing it too. And some are good, some are bad, you know, whatever. But the point is, is that you do, you have to, you, you do have to consider the source of these things. You do have to try to see as much as possible. Yep. So Cliff, let's do a quick break for uh ad from Literati Books and we will All be right. right back. Well, the unsolicited testimonials for Literati, the book club for kids, rolls in. JP says, my surrogate grandson Jack received his Literati books yesterday. He was so surprised and excited. This is a perfect gift for kids who are quarantined. He decided he would keep these two. He didn't want to read about Laura Ingalls Wilder. She's a girl. <laughs> you this That's the great thing about Literati. You yeah. keep the ones you want, send back the ones you don't. Every Literati book contains five books based on a theme. Write your nephews, have them. My ex's newborn They loves love it. them. And they have stickers so they can keep them straight so they don't get confused about whose books oh. are whose. OMG. Keep your favorites, send the rest back for free. For a limited time, go to literati.com slash Stephanie. 25% off your first two subscriptions. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go to literati, L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I dot com slash Stephanie. 25% off your first two subscriptions. America's number one book club for kids, Literati. It is essential in quarantine. That is literati.com slash Stephanie. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back, folks. We were talking about, uh, well, we were talking about sort of not just disinformation online, but just make sure you, you fact check. Um, you know, Cliff, I think the reason, part of the reason I wanted to mention the Scarborough thing with Trump repeatedly, and I mean repeatedly this weekend, including this morning, accusing him of murder, is it came in the larger context of Trump tweeting about a lot of crazy shit this weekend. He went nuts about the golf. He went golfing this weekend and by the way, clearly Dr. Burks set him up for it because on Friday, Dr. Burks, who's the doctor uh, in the coronavirus task force with the, with all the scarves, the blonde woman, and at one point she said, "Go out; it's safe to do things. You could you could go golfing." And everyone said, "Oh my God!" He put her up to it to cover himself, yeah. right? Well, what do you know? The next day, Trump went golfing all weekend. Uh, Biden did a wonderful ad about it. Everyone's been criticizing him for it because Trump. Uh, way back in the day, had criticized Obama for golfing, of all things, during the Ebola epidemic when I believe two Americans had died. Exactly. And he said, he shouldn't be golfing. When I'm president, I won't have time to golf. Trump said that a couple different times because I'll be so busy on the job. What has been interesting to me, Cliff, is that Trump repeatedly this weekend, almost uh, in a, I would say it was it was slightly panicked, tweeting about how it was okay for me to be golfing. It was my exercise. Look at those guys. They got under his skin, which was very interesting. I think the Biden people did. And this is in the context of the Scarborough stuff, too. Trump is desperately trying to change the conversation away from the 100,000 dead. He's getting more worried. And what I'm curious about is why he's getting more worried. Because to some degree, he's winning in a way because, you know, we are slowly reopening. And he does have, even though I think he's lying, it's a compelling argument. Hey, they said we were going to lose 2 million people and we only lost 100,000. Look at all the lives I saved. 
Right. You know? Well, I think you've, you answered your own question with huh. uh, conversations that you and I had previously. Like, I don't know if you want to go into the polling right now. But again, uh, if you can. remember that Donald Trump, yeah. if, if you remember who Donald Trump is, and this is key, right? And you, hmm. you, I always make fun of it when I find it in his different tweets and whatever, where he makes it obvious. He, all that matters to him in life, hmm. life is a numbers game. That's right. all it is. And it's, it's, it's the adoration, adulation, the rest that he needs that proves his, his self-worth to him. Right. Never does really because he feels like he's a piece of shit, which he is. But like momentarily makes him feel like he has self-worth. And it's always the same stuff. It's ratings. It's poll numbers. It's electoral votes. It's dollars in his bank account. It's these are the ways that the, that the most shallow of people judge themselves. And right. this is how he does. So it would stand to reason that when we've been seeing multiple reports about elderly uh, voters getting, you know, where Hillary Clinton was at a 13 point deficit with elderly voters at this point in time um, in terms of favorability or in terms of um, uh, approval of, of her. Uh, Biden is is at plus twelve right now. That's a twenty five point difference. Right. And the the um the what do you call it? Uh, there's an article in the Washington Post today uh, about uh, all about some senior voters, and they interviewed some of them in Florida who are looking at him and saying like this man has no compassion or whatever. These are a whole bunch of them who vote. You know that they, they interview here. This is anecdotal, but polling is is bearing this out that voted for Trump last time that are not that are planning to vote for Biden this time. Um, which again, that's not just, that's a double loss, right? If somebody turns out and votes for Biden who didn't vote last time, that's a plus one for Biden, you know, or they voted for Gary Johnson or Jill Stein. But if somebody who voted for Trump last time votes for Biden this time, that's a plus two. <laughs> you're taking a vote from Trump and you're adding it to Biden, you know? Uh, and there's, you know, so there's, there, there's that evidence, not to mention, I have to see, you know, will, will the Supreme Court jump in and save Trump or whatever, I, you know, and, and shame themselves further? Always possible with them. But the, the, the decision um, by the court uh, in Florida this weekend uh, saying that basically saying that, uh, that when you take people pay, when you don't allow people to vote who are in prison because of fees they owe and other stuff, essentially it's a modern day poll tax. Hmm. That, that is unconstitutional and that they have all You're right, because for cause those of us on the outside, I mean, you know, you owe lots of parking fees or whatever. They they don't not let you vote. That's correct. And so yeah. that is a lot of people right there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, they, they were they were reinstating a huge number of people. They're disproportionately African-American, sadly, not shocking, but very sad. And they disproportionately likely vote Democratic, you know. And, right. and so – Right now, all signs point to the fact that Donald Trump is actually in real trouble in Florida. And I mean, you can look at this a half dozen different ways and whatever. He can't win without Florida. Cannot right. win. There's no way he's, you know, I mean, he, he just, he won't. So, I mean, you know, he could, he, he, he it, it's, this is sort of existential. But, you know, the, the bleeding's everywhere else. I mean, again, we saw last week, hmm. I think we talked about it, a poll, another poll came out that showed Biden up one point in Georgia, 40 either 47, 46, 48, 47, something like that, that, again, cannot afford to lose. You know, numerous polls in Ohio and Texas have shown that to be a dead he's up, heat. He's up in Utah, too, now, three so, points. So that's the, poll. Well, Trump is still up in Utah, and this is just incredible. Oh, I'm sorry, Trump is up by three points, but it's still he's close. Yeah. three points. And, yeah. and I looked back purposely because I wanted to have context for it yeah. um, so that I wasn't just sort of guessing. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, and Hillary Clinton... Uh, lost to Trump in 16 
is it? There it is. Um, she, you know, and this was already considered shocking back then. She got 28% of the vote to his 46. So she, she only lost by 18 points. People, you need to remember, there was one of those times with Bush where Bush won 70 plus percent of the vote in Utah. Hmm. Um, like it was one of the most Republican states in the country, but it is filled. Right. Two things have happened. One, it is filled with Mormon Republicans, many of whom take are have taken very different positions on very a couple key issues. Much more pro-immigration because uh, right. of the of the uh, missions they go and serve on in Latin America and other places. Oh, and their historical history, history of being in pre- persecution. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. So they yeah. are they've been very Republican, but but an authoritarian Republican throws them off like a Trump. Um, and and you know there's probably other factors there too. But this is important, and, and you'll you'll know this because one of the reasons Hillary got 28 percent is because. An actual Mormon Republican from Utah ran as an independent, Evan McMullen, and got 21% right. of the vote. My guess is a lot of that would have gone to Hillary if you look at, if you look at this because they'd already – wouldn't you know, and that's more than the difference. Now, granted, they wouldn't have all gone to Hillary, but I think Hillary would have been within 10 points right. if, if uh, McMullen you know, is, is, isn't running there. So this is, a, this is a really important thing to factor in. They're also a disproportionately large group in Arizona. Jeff Flake, for example, is more right. Well, Trump is losing in every poll that's come out <laughs> in Arizona right now by anywhere between four and 10 points. Do we, so, can we, do we know what's going on? Who's he losing? Well, one group is there are some Mormons who kind of voted for him as the lesser of two evils last time, it seems, who've now decided that he is no longer the lesser of two evils. You know, and Romney may be giving them permission. And Romney, Flake, yeah. McMullen, there's a whole Flake, lot of Flake, Mormons. Flake a Mormon? Yeah. Jeff Flake? Oh, I didn't know that. He is. Oh. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of Mormons in key states oh. that have spoken out against him. And I always thought this could be the difference maker in Arizona. I That's never fascinating. thought it could make enough of a difference in Utah. But, yeah. But the other thing that's happened is Salt Lake City has become a lot like like an Austin, Texas, or a place okay. like that. It's going more to liberal. Tech, liberals held tech hub where yep. a lot of people that you know out west, beautiful, surrounded by mountains, the way Denver is. It's like a more yeah. kind of affordable Denver at this point, you know. Yeah. And I mean, so it's become hmm. this popular destination, and I think those two things combined have changed hmm. everything. Um, and I didn't even mention that three point four percent, by the way, voted for Gary Johnson there too. And right. there's going to be nobody with those kinds of big names running in this thing. So, I mean, there's a pool of, of voters enough there where oh. theoretically Hillary could win. But really, if she just makes him spend time and effort in a place like Utah, yep. I mean, he's in Hillary, trouble. you said, but you mean, yeah. Well, I meant Biden, the, I'm sorry. the interesting yep. thing with that Utah poll, again, just one poll, but still, is that it's Trump 44, Biden 41, yep. but it third party 9%. Yep. And, uh, that's five percent are not sure, and the rule with yeah. polling like this is, um, if you're anywhere below, if you're really anywhere below forty-seven percent, if the other person is relatively close, you don't have it. You know, you're you could be in trouble because again, that eight or nine percent end up going to to Biden at ballgame, or he just needs portion of it. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a really high level of third party, and again, in a conservative state. To me, at least, that would suggest that it's 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 Trump, and probably not because I'm I'm doubting it's the Bernie Bros. You know what I mean? And Utah? No, I think it's, no, I think it's uniquely <laughs> you know, Trump. Um, it's Trump losing his voters. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of incredible. I mean, again, Utah as a at this point, yeah, it, it, the worst you could call Utah for Democrats at this point is a lean Republican state. You can't even call it a likely Republican state. Well, and it's funny because yeah. of their history. I mean, you know, they've been so bad on gay stuff. You know, the the, the Mormons 
almost single-handedly gave us Prop 8 in, yeah, in California. Yeah, issues Mormons have been known for being You know, it's no. so that it's interesting that all, on this kind of a thing, you know, they're coming through. The other, I, I wanted to mention this poll too, that uh, yesterday Rasmussen Reports, which you guys all may recall, is is the only poll that Trump likes because it always has him at like 50% approval. And it, it's always the outlier. It's always the poll that doesn't make sense compared to the other polls because it's seven points better or five points better for Trump. Well, Rasmussen puts out its report yesterday and it says daily presidential tracking poll, you know, latest approval rating for Trump sponsored this week by Jack Posobiec and of of OANN. Now, Posobiec is, you know, one of the better known. Wasn't he uh, one of the ones that pushed the the Hillary in the basement of the pizza place scandal? I believe he was. Uh, I'd want to Google and see, but he's one of the far right Twitter trolls who is buddies with Donald Trump Jr. Um, uh, he's uh, he's at the you know Onanism Network that we've talked about OANN, um, but he also. Uh, I believe he's the Tea Party, TPUSA guy too. He's with Tea Party, you know, the, the that whole, or TPUSA. I don't think it's Tea Party anymore, whatever they call themselves now. But um, but in any case, so, it's, so, so you've got the sort of far right crazies sponsoring this poll. And what does the poll show? The Rasmussen Reports daily presidential tracking poll sponsored by Jack Posobiec of OANN for Monday shows that 43% of likely U.S. voters approve of President Trump's approval rating, 50, 55% disapprove. The latest figures include 31% who strongly approve of the job and 47% who strongly disapprove. This gives him a presidential approval index rating of negative 16. Wow. Rasmussen, Posobiec, and OANN. It's like a triumvirate of people. I mean, Rasmussen is sort of like the Fox News of Poland. They exist yep. to screw with the narrative, to yep. push things in a more Trumpian direction, usually in a more Republican direction. To move the stuff. average, basically, yeah. Right, so the fact that they're finding that tells you 43 that... 43 means the other ones have got to be worse. Really bad. I'm, I'm interested to see if he actually is, is falls below 40 again. I don't feel like that's happened since like the first year and a half or so. Um and then he would be pretty close actually, to it. As we're talking level. about this, I'm just going to look at, I like the 538, you know, 538 showing this, 538 showing he's at an average of 430, uh, 43% approval, 53.3 disapproval. So 538 is showing that actually, you know, he had a little blip April 1st, which maybe was a coronavirus blip, so to speak. A plus blip, you mean? A positive direction one? He jumped three net- points. He jumped. Yes, you're saying he had a positive, a blip in yeah. positive direction. Yeah, a positive jump of maybe three points. No, that makes points sense. Rally around the flag initially until he proved within 48 hours he could fuck that all But off. now he's back to normal again. Although the new normal, you know, he was down consistently to 41, 42. Now he's down to 43, but still. It ain't no yeah. George Bush 90% approval after the invasion of Iraq the first time around. Yeah. You know? It's uh, in any case, but um, but the polls are another interesting reason why he's why Trump has been constantly trying to change the narrative. The hundred thousand dead is the golfing is. And by the way, there was there was another tweet this morning. I didn't even see it. Someone just shared it. Trump once again claiming just that. Well, two million were supposed to die and only a hundred thousand died. So I saved one point nine million lives. Look at me. And just to remind folks what the latest studies showed was that we could have saved over half of those deaths, actually a lot more than half of those deaths, had Trump done the social distancing two weeks earlier. Had right. he done it one week earlier, we still would have saved tens of thousands. Had it been two weeks earlier, we could have saved more than half of the people who died. Um, so it's, That's why it all matters. Still, yeah. Timing matters. You know, yeah. having somebody who doesn't freeze, you know, 
isn't a, a deer in the headlights matters. And this is yep. what we got instead. Yep. Um, well, I'm looking here at, sorry, I'm looking at John, John, always ever vigilant for the ads. I'm thinking we will do one more quick ad and then we're done with ads for the day. And, uh, um, there you go. Let me do a quick ad click we'll, cliff and we'll come right back. So, folks, you know, now more than ever, we're all thinking about our hygiene. We're washing our hands, sneezing into our arm, but we are still taking a huge carrier of virus with us everywhere. Phones. Telephones, your cell phone is a vector for disease, and we rarely clean them. We're constantly touching our faces with our hands and even pressing them to our face. It's time to take cleaning your phone seriously. The Clean Phone Pro sanitizes using medically proven UV light technology to kill 99.99% of all bacteria that comes in contact with your phone. Better than wipes and safe for your device, the Clean Phone Pro gets every inch of your phone clean with nine high-power UVC lights. Dedicated wireless charging pad on top of the chamber can also be used while you're cleaning other items inside the device. Um, the fully removable top means an easier fit for more items and larger items. Go to the clean, excuse me, go to cleanphone.com today and get one for just $89 in free shipping. Be sure to use the code sexyliberal, one word, just to make sure you do get the $89 price and the free shipping. If you're serious about hygiene, it's time to get serious about cleaning your phone. Go to the cleanphone.com, thecleanphone.com. Now, Cliff, um, Another yes. point with all of this, I was looking here, was the mask controversy. Interesting. Okay, so uh, Donald Trump, you saw the other day, went to the uh, Ford plant in Michigan, doesn't wear his mask, required by state law to wear. It still doesn't. All the Ford executives are wearing theirs. But apparently at one point, and my guess is they were in a clean room or something where he didn't have a choice. It was right. some kind of a room where really, and Trump did wear the mask. It wasn't on camera, but somebody sneaked a photo and sent it out. So Brit Hume, Fox News, sends a uh, Agence France press photo of Biden wearing his mask this weekend. He and his wife, uh, for Memorial Day, they may have gone to, uh, I don't know if they went to Tomb of the Unknown or or Arlington or where, but there's a uh, there was a video of them honoring Memorial Day, both Biden and his wife wearing masks. God bless them. Good for them. Because mind you, there's still U.S. troops there. There's still the media there. There's still the Secret Service there. He's a former vice president, right? That that yep. he's not. He's they claim he's social distancing. He can't social distance. I mean, he's not driving himself. The Secret Service is driving, right? So you're he's always putting somebody at risk if he's not wearing a mask. So Biden's wearing the mask, and Brit Kim of Fox News tweets it out, and Trump retweets the tweet. In other words, Trump shared this tweet saying he agreed with it. Shows the picture of Biden and says this might help explain why Trump doesn't like to wear a mask in public. Pretty much a douchebag, seriously. Total douchebag. Now, one thing I've got to bring up, and this we wanted just to mention this, and neither of us is the expert on this topic, but a uh, top aide of Boris Johnson in the UK violated their quarantine rules. Uh, they had the same rules we did, which is, you know, you're not supposed to leave your house only for necessities. You're certainly not supposed to go for frivolous reasons. You're not supposed to travel city to city because they didn't want the virus going. And his, I believe his wife got sick. He left town to go to the family farm or something where she was staying. He already had some symptoms and he went and traveled to be, even that much worse, yeah. even worse to be with her. Well, it got out. 
Boris uh, caused an uproar in the country. Boris Johnson defends the guy and all hell breaks loose. Both political parties, I mean, not both, all, they've got multiples there. Everyone's jumping down this guy's throat. People are sharing viral videos of this guy walking to 10 Downing Street you know, to see Boris Johnson and the entire street load of neighbors are yelling out their windows, yelling on the street. I mean, literally you people, this woman, you know, you know, I remember this one woman, Cliff, I don't know if you saw it from her window upstairs in her apartment is going like, oh, you know, oh, I had to stay home. We're not visit my parents. You know, and she's like, <laughs> and what I mean is it was this blue collar English accent and you drove across the country. People yep. in the street are yelling at him. It, and I was asking my English, my friend Sean, who we've talked about before, who's a yeah. lawyer or a barrister over there. And he said, no. he said, here people are very, you know, persnickety about rules. You follow rules. And his social distancing thing he said, this is not like something political like you guys have over there. And I'm like, well, it's not really political here, too, except for Republicans. But but imagine, I mean, the difference where it is literally a nationwide scandal when we have Trump never wearing a mask uh, and and Ivanka and Jared, remember, did this exact thing. They wanted to go to a, what did you guys just have? Yom Kippur, was it? Or what was the? What did you guys just have? Uh, guys. One of, we had some of those things. Yeah, you I should know. Remember. What was the holiday? Just a couple weeks ago. I should know. We had a, It was a Passover Seder would be my guess. A Passover Seder. There weeks. you go. Yes. Yeah, it was Passover. A month, month and 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 Ivanka and Jared decided to bolt out of town to go to some whatever Passover thing up in New York, I think. And again, totally violating the rules. They were supposed to be locked down, uh, especially because of Trump's possible exposure to stuff and everything else. And, you know, it caused a quick blip and that was it. Even the mask thing. Yeah, it's causing a quick blip. You don't they, see they, it sucks. They have successfully again. The, the British... You know, look, the British, I mean, you've seen, seen what happens with the vote for leave and with hmm. Boris Johnson, this moron becoming their their prime minister. They probably are the closest to us politically of any European nation. The Anglo speaking to the two countries are more conservative than the continent by a good deal. Yet, even with that said, again, yeah. they don't allow when, when Fox News is on the air there and they were making up lies, they took them off. Yeah. They don't allow the kinds of things we have a, a we have news stations and talk radio and stuff literally encouraging and helping people plan these kinds of things and then yeah. suck in weak minded people who become part of the whole. It's a conspiracy. It's a, like, we do this to ourselves. We're, we we have do not have a higher number of stupid people naturally than these places. We allow them to be propagandized and yeah. and allow freedom of speech to justify it. And again, you know that's the difference because. I don't have to be an expert on this, John. I, I can read what articles and what data says. So I never say, in my expert opinion, masks, blah, 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 blah. I can tell you that published in numerous uh, uh, newspapers, a, a study done in Austria showed that, that after they required masks to be used uh, in a way that we have not done, they had a 90% drop in infection rate. Right. If you're wearing a mask outside, first of all, wind disperses this thing. Outside instead of inside is so much better to begin with. So if you're outside and you are socially distancing as in six plus feet away from people and you're wearing a mask, you are incredibly unlikely to catch this thing. Right. All right. It is when you don't follow any of those three things I just said, or all of them, when you're really in fucking trouble. Indoors, this thing is a ton easier to catch. Within six feet, a ton easier to catch. And again, if you don't have a mask on, so 
uh, I mean, I was just saying something about that earlier today because it, 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 it came out. I mean, Mike DeWine, who I give a lot of credit to, our Republican governor, backed off on that requirement, gave in to these lunatics complaining about it. And, and we're going to suffer because of it. People will die because of it. I mean, yep. it's just that simple. Like a number of states, New Mexico has a requirement. Uh, I think they, have, they may have one of the most thorough ones out there of, of requiring people to wear masks when they're outdoors. I, I, would, certainly when they're indoors places, I think it may be outdoors too. Other places, again, there's differences in sort of – there's nuances in terms of the differences. They're not – some allow them here or there, but at least there are large uh, requirements in terms of law to wear masks. I looked it up right before I was on the show here because of this, uh, this thing I was reading. In Connecticut, Hawaii, Rhode Island, California, you know, numerous like – New Jersey right. – New York. And I promise you, New York and New Jersey, I mean, have been headed downward, as have other places. I would be willing to bet you the places that have been headed up are the ones that are opening up again and are not requiring masks. I mean, can they stop 100%? No. But if you understand how this works, right, your immune system reacts to a viral load that it gets hit with. So how much you get in there matters. If it's a small yeah, which I amount, didn't know until, I didn't know until recently that yeah, yeah. So if it's a very small amount, your immune system kicks its ass, and you're okay. Yep. It has to over override, overflow, whatever you term you want to use your immune system. Yep. Well, a mask helps because it may limit some of that. I mean, yep. again, you may get I mean, sick, but you'll get less sick hopefully than you would had you gotten more of the virus. Or not at all because it blocks yep. enough of it that your yep. your immune system can. That's what's so frustrating is that people don't seem to get that. Like it's no different than driving a car. It's the same thing we've been arguing on guns forever. Nothing prevents everything. What you do when it's a public health concern is you look at it from a statistical standpoint. You do testing that you know peer reviewed and the rest, and you and then you develop a path that will lead to balance in society. It doesn't mean that you you can't say no one will ever die of COVID nineteen again, but that can reduce the most harm while still living an open and free life. This is what you do. It's why when we decide we're going to get serious about cars, we were like, all right, we're serious about it now. Now we're going to have speed limits, and now we're, we're going to start raising ages where you're able to drive, and we're going to get tough. We're going to have checkpoints to stop people. Did everybody scream and scream and cry about their freedom from that? I mean, you're stopped. Nobody is use, has a warrant. They stop you on the road and, and random checkpoints to see if you're drunk. Right. Some people could argue that's that's, not, that's against the Constitution. Oh, freedom, blah, blah, blah. Nobody did. It's in our public health, and people went for it. You know, I mean, seatbelts and, and, you know, childproof seats and all this kind of stuff. These were done for reasons. And it's the same thing with this. No, There's no one thing, except for maybe everybody remaining indoors and apart from everybody else for the rest of their natural-born lives, that would stop this thing from ever spreading again. But if you know something lowers the chance by 30%, why the fuck wouldn't you do it? I mean, what do you I, – I've still been trying to sort of, in a much more meta sense, understand what's going on with the whole mask thing. I mean – I guess actually, to some degree, we shouldn't be surprised because we're not, we're failing to mention one of the obvious points, which is most polls show overwhelming support for masks. I want to say it's like in the 70, upper 70s or something. So that we are the one I saw today, which I think I reacted hmm. to, where Hmm. where I saw all this information and let me do have it at uh, my fingertips right now. I believe showed, I think it was 67%, but you're basically right. I mean, it was very, that's still very, very high. Um, yes. So you have a, you will have a hard time finding sixty seven percent of people that agree on most things to give you yeah. an idea. So yes, according to the latest Quinnipiac poll, oh, it's only sixty four percent. That's still very high. According to the latest Quinnipiac poll, sixty four percent of voters say everyone should be required to wear a face masks in public. Yeah. Sixty. Here's the it was sixty seven. I know huh. I had sixty seven percent say the president should. 
Oh, that's interesting. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, right. And so, no, most, and, but, but, but you, you know, know what, okay, but, but what it gets, but what that gets us down to is that small 30% of crazies is once that's again, insane. we're seeing that number 30 to 35% that always comes up. It's always, it's like with the tea party about healthcare and it's always the same. Is yeah. that even with their propaganda, they can only get maybe 20, 30, whatever percent right. to be insane enough to, to fight back against what are common sense measures. I mean, the easiest one to do is background checks, which normally gets the support of 85 to 90% even, right. but it's that vocal 10% or in this case, 30 or whatever, yeah. who are just who they rile up and they propagandize and they know that if yeah. they get them out, they're threatening people and doing things that scare people yeah. that that people that lawmakers and others will back yep. off. That's not democracy. Yep. We call that astroturf in sort of uh, activism yeah. politics. But it's even worse than astroturf because yeah. it's not just astroturf. It's an astroturf. You get some, you know, you get fake protesters out there or you get people with, yeah. you know, especially if they're big name people <clears throat> out there endorsing what you're doing, whatever. This is getting people out there and they're getting them out there to actually scare you. Yeah. As in they show up with weapons or they threaten or they do whatever. That's not the yeah. hallmark of a democracy. Yeah. That's fucking fascism is what yeah. that is. Yeah. You know, and they again, shut down again, the Michigan you know, State House yeah. because they showed up with a bunch of assault rifles. Well, and Cliff, what I was thinking about this too, though, is that I think even though the polls tend to be pretty good on this, if you're watching this on TV, you're thinking, well, the country's really divided. And you start – and Trump and Trump keeps saying it's safe and Trump won't wear a mask. You start to think – you start to think maybe it's okay to go to a pool party in the Ozarks. You know, I mean there was no, a, a, exactly a, a race – like there was a and that's something else you and I should know about. Yeah. I know you know about it because huh. you're a brilliant marketer and you've run incredibly successful campaigns. Oh, thank you. I've run – you're welcome. I've run PR campaigns forever. And if you right. know – any of us know that there's any single thing you want, it's what you brought about AstroTurf, is you want people that have the respect of the community you are trying to reach – Right. To say what it is you want. It's why when LeBron James says you should wear these sneakers, those that emulate LeBron James and want to play, you know, hmm. we'll do that. It's why when you have, oh, fuck, I don't follow golf anymore, but if there's yeah. anybody, Tiger, Tiger Woods, uh, Tiger Tiger Woods, Woods. Or somebody, uh, you know, says you should use this, use this golf club. It, it, people yeah. go out. I do follow tennis. Roger Federer goes and says you should use this right. tennis racket. This is the same stuff. It's when, when people, Donald Trump is a national and worldwide celebrity. When he says shit, people listen. Listen, yep. it sucks, but it yep. is the way it is. And so when he, he does not wear a mask, that sends a very clear message. It but is what, not but, necessary. I mean, okay, but let me make this more meta because what I've been trying to figure out is why the fuck, although maybe it's just Trump, but why Republicans have decided to like die on or fall on this cross as the, exp the expression he, goes, you know, I, I, I it's, done this again. it's, I mean, here's my opinion. John. Wait, wait, let me, let me finish this. Go ahead. You talk first and I'll get to it. Just to finish the sentence, especially when they are literally putting their own voters right lives at risk, which is not something you'd want to do politically or even strategically because you know more dead people means fewer votes <laughs> and and more dead people means fewer votes in a more cosmic sense that it makes the crisis look larger and people think you screwed up but literally you know if your people are going to church and our people aren't then your people are putting their lives at risk if your people are going to have a bigger convention with with the, all the trappings but our people democrats say that's not safe then it's then you're literally putting your voters lives at risk which means they may not be around even a couple percentage points or more in the senior community seniors yeah, tend you're to using, you're using long term thinking but what's going on it's still well, so confusing me they want they don't want laws being passed that so they feel like in the end will hurt them in the longer term, and they think if they keep the economy shut down, they're completely fucked, right? So the, again, well, no, saying, and there's why an this, argument for that. Why climate change? Why yeah. guns? Why abortion rights? Abortion yeah. rights, by the way, did not exist 
is an issue in this country. Roe versus Wade passed in 73. Uh, it did not exist as an issue in this country until until Jerry Falwell and other evangelicals, Laura Bassett had a piece in, in GQ about mm. this just the other day, and she's very right about this. They no longer say, we think we should keep black people away from our kids in school. Like the whole keeping schools segregated as a culture war issue, they were suddenly – they were going to be on the wrong side of. They needed to find something else that would animate the same kind of passion. I think they, in, they some of them knew quite well right. the history of blood libel against Jews and the sort of – that people were already sort of primed for that kind of a conspiracy. They're killing our babies and that kind of bullshit. Right. And so if they if they tried to turn abortion into something where, where babies were being murdered and all this sort of stuff, that was, a, you know, and the white race was being, you know, they could do that subtle in a more subtle way. Not all of them are smart enough to, and they could make that into an issue. Abortion was not an issue. In fact, most evangelical Christians of the Protestant variety supported it. Right. It was only the Catholic church that was against it. Right. You know, it consistent with Catholic teachings about other things, like they were against the death penalty. Again, I'm not making... I'm not defending the Catholic Church or evangelicals. I'm just explaining the way it was. They found themselves the issue, and then they put all the might of all their propaganda organs. People forget, man. Christian right owns Salem Radio, that 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 syndicates a lot of the right wing radio programs out there. They own that. We have Fox News that plays to faux Christianity, even though none of them probably fucking even go to church, and and all of talk radio and all. When they want to get behind something and turn it into yeah. a cultural war issue, yeah. why aren't knives the cultural war issue? Why are guns? I mean, a classic example, no difference except for guns are the thing they created this around, right? I mean, like, it, it, it's the, – the point is, is that when they find – they could do it with almost anything, John. Right. Like, they could they, – if they picked, like, fruit punch and decide they were going to make that a culture war issue, they could. If right. they decide they were going to pick, you know, like, Tudor houses and make it a culture war issue, they could. If right. they put all their propaganda – again, they won't get a majority. They wouldn't get close to a majority, but they don't need to. They get somewhere between the ten and thirty percent of fucking loons that listen to all their stuff. That's all they need, because right. you're you know you're selling a product, you're getting people's email lists, and then you can send out biblical cures for cancer like Mike Huckabee did, and you can enrich yourself off of people's stupidity, off, off the sheep. Right. That's my answer to you. Is that masks? Yeah. We're, we're you know, masks are a culture uh, issue because they decided to make it that they could do the same damn thing right. tomorrow. You know, if they wanted to, with some right. other aspect of this virus. I mean, what, you wash your hands. What's wrong right. with you? I right. bet they could. Seriously, they could get twenty percent of their people to stop yeah. washing their hands. I mean, it just—it's—it amazes me because it. Once again, I guess it—it's Trump always goes a step farther than I can even believe he would do. That it just amazes me that you would take an issue where you're literally putting your own voters' lives at risk. You'd think if you're going to be crazy partisan, I mean, and again, Trump isn't just crazy. He's crazy. Partisan becomes such a weird word when you talk about Trump because we all know he's not a Republican. You know, I mean, he's just he's a whatever he feels like. He's a whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever toots his horn that day. What'll be, but. The, you know, I mean, like with the tax cuts, okay, he passes the tax cuts and he did it in a way that screwed over Democratic states by getting rid of the state and local tax deductions or limiting them to to 10,000. That screwed over states that had high income tax, states like Illinois, New York, California. It helped southern states that had no income tax and uh, some other ones like Alaska, you know, uh, 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 Texas, I believe, certainly Florida. But with the, the tend to be Republican, right? So we know that they tend to do things that screw us over and help them over. But in this one, it's the opposite. I, I still find it. It's I guess for me, what I'm saying is to put a finer point on it. it Get what really, you're saying. It really tells you who Trump is. That when push comes to shove, he's not just willing to sacrifice 
our half of the country. He's oh my God, he his own people die. He's yes. willing to sacrifice. He's now sacrificing his half of the country, literally putting their lives at risk because he thinks it's going to help him. In, and mind you, whether it helps him monetarily, whether it helps him politically, I don't know. Like the hydro, the hydroxychloroquine shit, I still want to, I still feel like he's benefiting. I worry that he's benefiting more financially than we even know. Something weird's going on, right? But he's, and even there, he's putting people's lives at risk with the hydroxychloroquine and he knows it, but he's still pushing it. He claims, and I'm sure it's a lie, that he was taking it, which will get more people to take it. There is something, it's... And I think he I thinks just, if the economy comes roaring back and makes up for it, he wins people he wouldn't otherwise win who are on the fence about it. Yeah, him but the that. mask thing would help him. If more people wearing masks would make the transitions to transmission. I, mean, I, I, I see what you're saying. It would help I mean, him. And and he's 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 crazy, but he's not I mean, he's crazy, but he's not stupid, and he's an idiot, but he's not stupid. I mean, he's very I've seen people like this he's in my idiot, life. And I think maybe it's the I don't know what you what you want to call it, whether people who are bipolar or whatever it is, but where they're they're not in they wouldn't probably score high on an IQ test, but damn they're crafty, stupid they're crafty little snakes. He's smart and animal. He's a crafty snake. Right? Yeah. Yeah, the animalistic kind of like basic instinct. Yes. Yeah. So way. that's what I find so weird. And I, I still feel like almost like we're missing something because it, it so doesn't make sense. And it so doesn't make sense why the Republican Party wouldn't step in and go, OK, we're not going to literally get ourselves killed. You know, well, it may be for money, you know, they're, and again, there can be monetary part of it, right? Hydro, hydroxychloroquine and, and other things that people yeah. end up using because he tells them to. I mean, there's also, you have to remember that he's so thoroughly corrupt and dishonest that there could be multiple things going on in the same way. He could be profiting certain ways. He could be profiting politically in certain yeah. ways. He could, I mean, you know, yeah. you just no, have to keep in mind. It's, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, it's, I, I, and again, I'm not being naive. It's more a matter of there's just something else going on with all of this that doesn't make sense because the last thing you do is risk your own people. You don't say, no, we're going to have big rallies. I think, honestly, I, don't, I just don't know. Honestly, I guess maybe he's also thinking, well, yeah, I am risking our people, but only 2% are going to die. Well, so, yeah, you know, and, 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 and hopefully I'm rallying more than 2% to our side or something by having the rallies again and, and making the mass and making the church. No, the church thing, I totally get why they want to make that an issue, right? Because they love, of course, you know, that's a culture war issue. That's a culture war. Even though, again, he's going to get people literally killed in these churches, my God. I mean, and they're making the argument. Those areas, something now that you've convinced them not to wear, um, not, not put on um, masks and things like that. There is no sort of, I mean, the meat plants, churches, it's proven again and again, these static indoor areas where the where the air is not circulating, where you're sitting right yeah. next to people, where you're not wearing a mask is literally where this thing goes super, yeah. super fucking yeah. viral. Again and again, that yeah. has happened. And where you're singing, because when you sing and you project, you, uh, you, yeah. uh, you know, more droplets come out yeah. if we're going to be technical about it, and you're more yeah. likely to get people sick. It's just I mean, that simple. It just it anybody, God. I mean, I'm guessing most of us have been to a church, a synagogue, or a mosque to services when we were kids, probably. Some of you maybe haven't, but you know what? Then you've seen it on TV. You are literally packed in like sardines in these aisles, and even right. even mosques. From what I've seen, I've never been in a practicing mosque while, while people were praying. Um, but you see, uh, the men are lined up in a row. Right. You know, and there's lots of rows of them. At least the rows are separated by a couple of feet. But the row of people you're with, you're all side by side. 
Right. And you're walking around barefoot too. So even more of a chance to maybe pick up something, although that's less of a transmission right they're saying now. it's w- w- That was another thing that bothered me, Cliff, was they kept saying on the TV shows, you know, you know, they're opening massage parlors, but they're not opening churches. And, you know, brilliant talking point. I mean, I give major kudos to whoever came up with the talking point. But the point is, at a massage parlor, I still think it's too close of contact. But you've got one person and one person. It's too close. The chances you're, I mean, it's anybody who understands very basic statistics is if it's one person there with you, they have it or they don't. Yeah, you know, and if they have it, yeah, then you you, yeah. you there's a good chance you're in trouble. Yeah. But, but but in the church, it's different than got, a church with 150 people got, or, or, or 500 or, or, or yeah, thousands. I mean, it's not even it's comparable. just not even close. And again, morally, I get the comparison, but ethically, obviously, churches are going to be the most dangerous. I, I can't. I have to. Well, I have you a cared hard time. about people's health if they gave half you know? a shit. Okay. I mean, sex the, clubs. The I'm trying to think answer. of what would be more dangerous. I, I just don't even well, know. The simple answer would it's be. Just, to do these things outdoors and to space and them. still have to space them out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To do them outdoors, yeah. to space them, and to require yeah. people to wear masks. And you very could probably hard, do that. Because you'd need a stadium that's wired for sound, and it would be a very but, – but I'm not saying – well, yeah, so you're talking you know. about like super-duper mega churches. Yeah. I mean there are churches that only have 100, 200 parishioners where I think this yeah, would be – Yeah, you still need a good property. sound system if you're separating families by six feet. You would. And you'd you have to accept big, that like it wouldn't yeah. go as well, and it wouldn't be, but you're not there for that. No, but that's what you do. I mean, I just get people to fucking live. I and honestly, what was interesting to me was I know the Greek Orthodox Church. Well, that's not true. That's not true. The Greek Orthodox Church in Greece was not wanting to shut down, and the Greek government said, You're shutting down. And it was very interesting because in Greece, you know, they carry it's like the you know, Catholics and stuff. They carry so much sway in Greece, the, the Greek Orthodox Church. Um, so that was interesting, but in the States. It was the Greek Orthodox Church that shut things down in the States. Like there was no debate. They were right. like, they, so that was interesting. Like in our leadership here was like, uh uh-uh, uh, we're closing this. And the Catholics as well, right? The Catholics didn't insist on having Easter services, they shut it down. So, I mean, yeah. it was very interesting that the churches were actually very smart about it. And I'd be actually curious to see too whether like the Catholics and the Greeks or the Episcopalians or some of the more, you know, I hate to say Catholics are mainstream, but you know, you're not evangelicals. Uh, whether the it's the evangelicals that are having like who actually who actually starts having services? I'd be curious to see whether it breaks down by sort of ideology and political and right. religious ideology, which means politics. No, but you're I right. mean, but I mean I mean, Cliff, I'm looking at these videos and it's still now, mind you, you know, going out this weekend with my dog, I'm still seeing in DC very interestingly on the sidewalk. It, very interestingly, you're seeing more masks than ever on the sidewalk. It, it, it's 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 gone up. In the park, you're seeing fewer masks than ever. So every time I, mean, I go to the public park, I literally am feeling stupid walking around the park with my mask now well, because nobody's cares? wearing a mask. I mean, you know, the park I, is I where you it. should, even though it's outdoors and you're, it's so it's, it's be, a lot better. That's it's where you should wear it more than on the street. Because on the street, you're walking by yeah. quickly if you're avoiding people and you're not near them. You know, in a park, people are going to run over with their dogs and get near you. I mean, it's going to happen. I saw a group of eight people having um, like lots of picnics, but like eight people having a picnic. Clearly, they all didn't live in a commune together. Um, maybe there were five at one point. Oh, first I saw five guys sharing a blanket. They're gay, so they didn't mind being close, sharing one blanket for a picnic. Five guys. 
Okay. Right. So imagine on one blanket, you're really close. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, then I saw another group that was like six or eight and three guys joined them. And one guy walks up to the one of the women and the woman goes, Oh my God, it's been so long. And they both give each other a really tight hug. So yeah. that, you know, both, and we're talking not a straight boy hug, right? We're talking, you know, deep hug, both arms pulling in so that you're cheek to cheek. And, and by the way, Oh my God, it's been so long meant they didn't live together and they weren't, yeah, they weren't, they weren't, okay. they weren't uh, part of the same unit. Our so jaws dropped. I looked behind me and there's a woman like 75 feet back, you know, with her boyfriend, like everyone's on different blankets trying to be apart. I see her jaw drop and later Sasha, my dog wanted to meet them. So we met them anyway. And I said, I'm just going to ask you, did you notice that woman hugging her friend? She goes, Oh my God, I was, <laughs> I said, I noticed your jaw dropped. So, I mean, thank God other people are noticing it, but, but imagine, and I mentioned to one of the neighbors, one of my neighbors goes, well, you know, maybe she forgot. Like I forget. I said, you forgot not to hug somebody. And the guy forgot not to pull back and go, Whoa, we're not supposed to be hugging. Come on. Yeah. At this point, yeah. at this point, I don't know on. about that. Come on. Not to mention, and all of the friends in the blanket clip, the first thing I would do is I'd go, oh, guys, hey, like, remember hugging and handshakes? I would have right. been the first person to say that. No one said a fucking thing on that blanket. Nope, I agree. That's what scares me. And as you said, too, by the way, I didn't even make that connection that that the street where you're not running into people, they're wearing masks. The park where a lot well, of Well, this is shown again. This is what these scared. studies have shown is that they could only find one person uh, out of, I don't remember. That who in China, seven or eight hundred uh, was a group or whatever. They found one who got infected uh, in a situation outdoors because he had stopped and talked to somebody closely. In other words, walking by people on the street and there's yeah. wind blowing and you're and if you're distancing yourself, I'm not saying again, I'm not telling yeah. people to engage and you know just be as safe as you can, but it, at least feel confident that if you're doing yeah. that, you're in pretty good shape, even if you're not wearing a mask. But when you're in a park and you're staying in one area. And there's people around you who yeah. are coming within the zone that you can't control. That's the place where you should be doing it. Well, and you know what? The wind's blowing your direction. So your friend that's eight feet away, they're breathing for two or three. They're breathing for at least two hours that you're at this picnic. Everyone's right. talking and their breath is coming towards you for two hours. There's a chance, Which, folks. Well, then increased viral load too, right? Because if you're yep. walking by, you maybe only get hit by a little amount, and your immune system kills it. But yep. if they're if they're there and they're sick and they're right in your face, you know, close to you the entire time, yep. you could, your system can get overwhelmed. I mean, again, the, yep. all these things do matter, and I'm not making any of it up, and I'm not claiming to be an expert. I'm just reading to you what I've read and yeah, yeah. what I'm sharing, what I've what I've seen. So, so interesting little, just a quick aside, and you know this, Cliff, but we found out on Saturday because she tweeted it out that Nira Tandon. The yes. uh, president of the Center for American Progress, which is a big liberal think tank here in D.C. We've had Nira on the show. She's the one who a number of you waited and said, oh, my God, she's more liberal than me. Not me, meaning you, <laughs> that you were surprised because, right. you you know, she had worked for Hillary and others. And uh, I think a number of you thought she was what? what's that word they, they use? The neo, 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 live or whatever. And basically, Nero was like to the left of Mao on a lot of stuff that and she's very much the activist. leftist. Jack with asses. no clue who she she was wondering and actually we've i posted the video again on my twitter the video the interview on my twitter feed but nira came down with the virus and she tweeted that she basically she wasn't going out she wasn't hanging out with friends she always wore a mask she always used sanitizer and she got it anyway and that scared me a little because i still know very few people my friend marcus in paris got it deathly ill for a week but not hospitalized got better Woman I know in New York via friends died. 
45 years old. She got the the pulmonary thing that just, you know, hit out of nowhere, fell down apparently in her house. Nobody knew it. 36 hours, she was unconscious and they put her on a respirator, but it was too late. Um, And Nira is the third person I've heard of, the only person I've heard of in D.C. But I think it's interesting because, well, I I just have been wondering in D.C. because I've heard of nobody. I've talked to my friends. D.C., highly segregated town. You know, I mean, the black community, the white community, it's just very segregated. You know, the professional class certainly has a mixture of cultures in it. You know, I mean, you've got everybody from all races in the culture, in the business class. But I would bet I would I would venture to say the business class in D.C. is still very white. You know, I mean, Cliff, from I mean, you know, from when you've been here, it's it's it is. Um, And so I've always been wondering with the data, whether, you know, has this been more in the black community? Because you've been you've been hearing about. At the very least, at the very least in D.C., I think I heard, was it 90 percent of the hospitalized cases were African-Americans? I mean, it was really bad. So I wasn't sure if there was a cluster in the black community or what. Nero was the first I'd heard. Now, she's not white. She's Indian-American. But her milieu is definitely a professional class that would be more northwest Washington, for lack of a better word, more the business class. And. Anyway, it just got me wondering because I think actually that's a whole other larger topic, Cliff, that nobody's really been able to give me an answer on because uh, Wisconsin, they were showing this weekend, people from Illinois were crossing the border because Illinois is still locked down, crossing the border to Wisconsin, uh, which is right north of Illinois, and going to bars and things because it was legal there. You could. And again, that's always the problem with this stuff is it crosses borders. But they weren't having clusters in Wisconsin. In that area, there were very few cases, even there across from Illinois that's having a ton. That's what I'm wondering is, and I wonder that about DC, like I just hadn't heard about anybody other than Nira and it does after a while make you kind of go, you know, they keep mentioning it's bad here, but do we just know the wrong people? You know I mean? Like different community demographics. Are you hearing all the noise outside by the way? No, No, I don't think so. I think I just heard you make a noise, but no, why what's going on? There's somebody with a ladder out there who's, Cleaning, cleaning out. Oh, I just thought I heard stuff. a click, 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 but that was no. That's well, there's that was a clicking going on, but yeah. Oh, in any quick. case, in um, any case, but very the whole very weird the whole thing. Um, you know, may I don't we could end with the mail in ballots thing. We've been talking for over an hour. Um, yeah, I will, I, think- I will say this. I looked up ProPublica. I always thought it was ProPublica, but it's not. And they even tweeted out and said it's not Publica like pub. It's pub. But I like ProPublica. I think it gives more of like a Roman-sounding, astute kind of name. But they're ProPublica, apparently. Trump and Kayleigh McEnany, you know, his press secretary, have been saying that even ProPublica says that mail-in ballots can be fraudulent, blah, blah, blah. Now, I looked up a story, and ProPublica did say that, you know, the one area where you have a greater ch- opportunity for fraud is mail-in ballots. So they actually did say that. And it's something, you know, right. we ought to acknowledge. I mean, I'm not going to acknowledge it with Kayleigh on TV. But – but I was surprised when I read that. Having said it, you have the opportunity for uh, cheating both ways. I still think the Republicans cheat way better than we do, and probably more yes. often. Well, we so it's. But you know what I mean? Like I could that. see, I could see the, I could see the RNC going to Trump, ixnay on the mail-in, you know, on the alien ballots may. You know what I mean? Like we want them to cheat. <laughs> no, excuse me. Right. We want the mail-in ballots so we can cheat. Republicans can cheat. Stop criticizing them. But I don't think you've got a choice. I don't know what choice we're going to have if there's a major breakout right before the election. I that scares either. the hell out of me. You know, and then know. We have to and then turnout is thirty percent. Cliff, we lose we lose half of our turnout. So then we don't know who the. 
you know, we know who was elected, but not legitimately. I just, Ooh, boy, you know, it really scares me. I know. I, I, I almost, I think as we get closer, we're going to have to pay, you know, I mean, we'll really even now have to pay close attention to what all these folks are saying. I'm hoping that, you know, there are election law experts and others who understand this stuff better than I do. And I got to hope that they're, they're planning this out with, you know, due diligence, not just knowing what anybody on their own could do, but knowing yeah. what organized conspiracies on the other side could do. And again, right. this isn't even just sort of, I mean, this happened in North Carolina last election. The Republicans cheated. I mean, the guy was busted. The consultant, right. they changed votes. They threw votes out. This yeah. is the kind of stuff they do. They will always do. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, we have to be prepared for it again. I, you know, anything can be tampered with. I still think, um, you know, we have to figure out the best way possible to do to do mail in ballots in a way that is fair. Yeah. That's no, the best well, thing I, well, can I say. guess. And actually, obviously, you can't leave the house. You can't leave the house. If it's dangerous, you're not going to go vote. And we have to, people need to have the opportunity to vote in whatever way works for them. But is the concern, I'm trying to sort of understand the, not the concern on absentee ballots, meaning the difficulty in getting them. We talked about this previously, but in some states, I'm afraid to go to the ballot box because there's a pandemic. Is insufficient ju- insufficient justification to request an absentee ballot? Yeah, I mean that's the problem with this is that there's so many different state laws. I mean, I mean is that the case? Stupid, it should all be federal. Um, well, there's the most of the swing states. Uh, I know I was seeing something, if not all of them, are all no fault. Um, okay. You know, uh, you can get a yeah. ballot at home. I can't in Ohio, but I remember reading Arizona, Florida, a whole number of them are that way. So okay. So. That's that, good. That's I believe I, I, I we have to double check this, but I believe that's one of the problems is some states it's it's for cause. You have to show a legitimate reason. And they why. have to argue that's cause. I know. I don't you know, know. I'm elderly and I can't visit to get and, there. And, or, you know, yeah. Maybe we need an election, have an election lawyer on the show, but we need somebody who has yeah. more of an understanding of all the different yeah. state laws. You know, because and I and I well and also I think look, getting the absentee getting the absentee ballot takes some steps that people aren't going to necessarily follow. You know, so even remember what Trump was complaining about the last week, and he now just threatened North Carolina too over the weekend, was that these states were simply, or at least one of the states I remember, was simply sending out absentee ballot registrations to people saying, if you want to, you can register absentee and you can avoid having to go to the polls. And Trump claimed that they had mailed ballots to all these people, illegal, bah, bah, bah. and literally it was just sending them out notices saying, hey, you know, you can you can register absentee. It's very easy. Here's how to do it. So clearly in Trump's case, he just doesn't want people voting. I mean, that's obviously what it is. Um, and, and if we've got absentee oh, balloting, oh, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Honestly, it doesn't really matter. I don't know. I, I We don't really have a choice with this epidemic. I, I, I just, you know, we saw in Wisconsin too, I believe, right? That the the numbers spiked a couple of weeks after the balloting there. It did. A bunch of people. You know, the, the, the Democrats were trying to delay the election and Republicans forced it to go on the primaries and uh i just noble uh, souls that they are oh my god if i just, I, if yeah. I had been somebody in my family i i can't even imagine my response yeah to that. i mean you know i got my dc ones dc lets you get it for no reason so to speak and for the year no fault and for the year so i've got all my ballot now the thing is i've got to remember to send it out in time you know although nothing matters well your city council but otherwise nothing matters in DC, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. it's going to be democratic. It's kind of like in New York, it's going to be democratic anyway. So you're, you know, your, your local council member or your, uh, or, or your, you know, in, at least for New York, your member of Congress matters, but in DC, forget it. You know, it's just sad, but anyway, so it is an issue here, but in a lot of places it's not, but it, anyway, yeah. 
Is there any last little thing here? Otherwise, we will wrap up. I think that's it, man. Yeah, I don't think I'm tired today. I do not sleep well. This is not this virus has not been good for me. You know. Hey, man, you're still healthy, so sleeping like crap. I don't knock on wood, but I've been sleeping like crap. I really, I wake up in the morning. I've talked to other people who have the same problem, but like I find myself waking up at 5 a.m. and then my mind's racing and I'm worried and it's like, ugh. And I've been oh, doing no. a lot of yoga and, and meditation. And honestly, I mean, it's made me feel better those days, but it hasn't really overall. Well, maybe you do it every day, dude. Oh, God. Maybe. I mean, honestly, I will say this meditation is really boring. So far, the yoga, I'm loving. Also, because there's an exercise aspect to it that makes me feel sore, which is good because I feel like I'm working out. And there's a, when I f- finish a good yoga class and it really depends on the instructor, it's very Zen for me. And I like that. I don't like yoga, like Pilates I did once that for me, it was like, she was trying to kill me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It hurts so bad. And afterwards I didn't feel relaxed. I felt like Jesus Christ, like the worst, you know, trainer on the, not the worst, the most difficult Nazi trainer on the planet. Um, whereas yoga, yoga, I like because it's just, you feel Zen afterwards. So it does help me those days, but I still feel, you're right. Maybe I do have to do it every day. We'll see. Seriously, I've been doing, I try, I've been doing I try to work for me. Working out does it, so I try to work out as much as I can. It doesn't even have to be crazy long, whatever workouts. Even a fifteen or twenty minute thing just relaxes me. After, just something. No to, I think we've all got to try to find that. Yeah, I mean, because you know, I love zoning in front of the TV, but it's not the same kind of relaxing as something like this. You know, and I go out every day with the dog, and we do long walks and stuff, which helps. But, but it's still, yeah. This has been one of the only things that's actually helped to make me a little less stressed but you know we'll see and i don't know whether opening up is going to help because that's i'm sorry last actually final point i will bring up is very curious to see not just how many people are comfortable starting to go places when they open up because i gotta tell you i haven't been ordering carry out either it just scares me and i will say the experts say you shouldn't worry about it you know just make sure you get rid of the packaging but the food isn't a problem it still scares me I, I, I just have to say it. I mean, and I, I worry that if I feel that way, even if it's, if it's irrational, if I feel that way, a lot of people probably do, you know, um, even though I have a lot of friends who do order carry out God bless you. Cause I do want to support the restaurants, but it just scares me. Um, but I'm worried, you know, Michelle Malkin now is on the anti-vaccine thing. Cause it's, they're, they're trying to claim that, uh, Bill Gates, who's the new George Soros, they've branched beyond Jewish people now. Um, I know. Is, they're now doing is, the international wasp. The International Wasp Conspiracy that Soros, because uh, Soros, uh, Bill Gates, because he's investing in vaccines, is going to slip a microchip, a microchip, a microchip, <laughs> a little baby chicken <laughs> into every vaccine, a microchip into every vaccine to track us in our blood or God the fuck knows what. And what is ironic, though, is. I find myself worrying about the vaccine because I worry Trump is going to force them to cut corners. That's what scares me about the vaccine. There's that I worry about. That I worry about. And I'm not going to talk about it because I don't want to share. We'll go to people who are Republican first, you know, like. Well, maybe that's a good thing in this case, because I just I just feel like, you know, swine flu was the only other one that I know of um, that. I mean, thalidomide back when we were before you were born and around the time I was born, you know, sort of drugs that didn't, didn't make the cut or made the cut and shouldn't have made the cut. You can Google thalidomide, horrific deformation of these babies born in like the late fifties, I believe. Um, but, the, but the, you know, the Billy Joel song, children of thalidomide. Sorry. Oh, is that in there? Yeah. Um, yeah, we turned the fire. <laughs> but the, bad. uh, 
but no, anyway, but the vaccine thing, I just, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm worried about them rushing it a little bit. And it's funny because I'm one of the people that with my asthma and stuff, I'm worried about complications, but I'm also really worried about, about them just rushing it, you know? And I, and although maybe, I don't know, maybe I wait a few months and see it's, it's kind of like updating your one thing so far. Well, first of all, I've gone to a huh. coffee shop and I've done takeout Ooh. Um, uh, and, and the coffee shop we go to, I think I t- I've said this now many times, it's a great one where I am in, in Cincinnati. Right. They, they, before the state was, was at, even recommending it. And we were early right. on that stuff had taken all their seats out, all those staff wearing masks. They wiped down everything when you come in, whatever, they won't allow right. more than six people into this place. It has, you know, Good. it's a huge space, but it's, I call it a medium to bigger, you know, something space. They won't allow more than six at a time. Right. You have to stay six feet apart and they're serious about it. They'll freaking, you know, they'll tell you if you're not doing yeah. stuff. And so I may be in there. I don't go every day now, but I'm in there for four days a week, let's say, and I'm in there for about three minutes. I wear a mask. Don't touch anything. Bring hand sanitizer, sanitizer after I leave an air. Wash my hands when I get home. Right. You know, but we did the first thing we've done anywhere the other night where there was an outdoor um, hmm. beer garden, right. beer uh, microbrewery where uh, I we've been told they were being very good about stuff. And my God, like everybody who worked there had masks on and had right. like, even though it was outdoors, had like those those things that almost look like police riot gear masks that cover oh, yeah, your yeah. eyes and your whole face. Masks. Yeah, yeah. So they, a bunch of them had that, but also there's hand sanitizer everywhere. They wiped down every table. They, they they have a big space so they can do this. I know not everybody can do right. this. Tables were, I kid you not, probably 15 to 20 feet from each other. Oh, my God. But wow. they have a huge space. Um, wow. And they, they would – and no people weren't allowed to congregate in places and whatever, right. you know, like in big, right. really big groups. Now, we met some friends, and we – you know, and they brought their own lawn chairs – Right. Um, and sat away from the table. We sat at the right. table. We okay. were eight, 10 feet away from them and we right. had two beers. Okay. That was the first time we've done anything. Typically, and I know yeah. these people and they haven't been out in the, the right. you know, of their house and the husband who only goes into his office where nobody is right now. Wears were a you mask guys everywhere. all wearing masks? Um, we were for some of it. I had to drink. Well, you got to so, drink beer. Yeah. I guess if you're drinking. But, but yeah. the, the point is, is that, you know, we did as much as we could. I didn't sit in any one place. I was mm-hmm. standing and you know, we, we moved around. We were there for less than an hour. It was outdoors. You know, like I, I'm yeah. not saying it's it's 100 percent safe, but we did what I think is the safest thing you can do and still have yeah. any kind of a decent time. And again, yeah. if some people don't want to do that and I respect it, um, I don't respect anybody who's going out and sitting close to each other and not wearing masks and doing it. I think that's insane. Uh, and I won't go anywhere indoors and sit down at all. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, I will not. It will not. Even with a mask. No, I won't do that. That's yeah. the question for me is when I'm going to feel comfortable doing that again is being a within six feet of anybody and b spending more than the three minutes I stand waiting for my coffee with a mask on away from everybody to get indoors somewhere. Right. And I don't know when either of those two things are going to happen for me. Oh, flying. Well, that, that that's one of those things. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I can't. Or, or both of those things you're indoors and you're forced within six feet yeah. of people. I don't. I don't know when I'm, I don't see myself doing that anytime soon. I can't even imagine when I'm going to be comfortable flying. Luckily, I'm nine hours from DC. If I need to get there for work stuff, pop it in the car, you know, a lot of speeding. Yeah. No, it sucks. Cause I mean, my mom's in Chicago and I haven't visited her. And usually I go for Easter. I go like four times a year cause she's old and I may have to rent a car eventually. Cause I just, I just, the airplanes no, now just scare fly. the hell out of me. And it's 11 yeah. hours without traffic to Chicago with traffic could be 13. It's not a happy ride. But, right. but yeah. flying, oh boy, it's going to take a long, 
Maybe no. like, I mean, no, li literally the virus disappears for a couple months this summer completely. And then maybe you got, but I'm worried now about Christmas and Thanksgiving too. Flying to see. Well, I, 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 again, I, I base everything on. That may be just. Uh, what experts say and history, which is one of the few places, even though I didn't get my PhD, I studied through that level and could yeah. maybe call myself a semi-expert. And so, you know what? I follow history and I've yet to see the major uh, pandemic that didn't have multiple waves. Now it may exist and I could be, you know, cause I haven't studied all of them by far. I only the most famous ones, the biggest ones, but you know, uh, I just, history tells me that, that it's going to head to the Southern hemisphere right. um, as it gets warmer here and colder there. Yeah. And it'll, you know, it hit, it'll hit your Argentina's and New Zealand's right. worse sadly. Right. And that it's going to end up coming back here when it gets right. cooler here and warmer there again. Well, and so I don't know. You're right. Maybe some point in the summer or something. I don't yeah. know, but, but I will tell you, I mean, I gave you with the two conditions the two things I'm absolutely not comfortable with right now. And you, and being on an airplane is both of them. Right. <laughs> it's being indoors somewhere right. and it's being within six feet of somebody because you have no control over that if they seat you next to somebody. Well, and I may have mentioned this. My nephew's getting married in October in Arizona and he called me the other day, but he was totally cool about it. He said, you know, Uncle John, do you, do you, we're trying to get a headcount, do you think? And I said, Anthony, I just don't know. And he said, no, no. He goes, trust me, we don't expect you to. I mean, he, you know, I mean, he, he knows I'm worried about my asthma and stuff. And he said, my grandma, I think I may have told you, you know, Yaya, we say in Greek. And he said, mm -hmm. I've already decided Yaya's not coming because my mom's 90 years old in Chicago. She was going to fly out, you know, but has a hard time walking. He said, Yaya's not coming. I said, how's your mom going to feel about that? He goes, I don't care. He goes, you think I'm going to go through Chicago accent? You think I'm going to go through my entire life knowing I killed my Yaya? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was really, and I told my, actually, I told my mom and she even told me, she goes, I don't think there's any way I'm going. Where in Arizona? Uh, near Phoenix. Uh, I forget. They're all the suburbs around there. Yeah. Got but, um, my wife's, uh, my brother-in-law and their yeah. family are in Tucson. He's a good so. Democrat. He's a good Democrat, but I mean, it's, you know, gun country. Um, well, I think what I would say yeah. to you is uh, the thing about that is, is you could always do, I mean, again, it's up to you. No, we're going to have to do virtual. I think but you could, if, yeah, if you wanted to drive, oh. you just take, well, I'm just saying you'd have okay, to take yeah. a couple of days and do it and plan yeah. to stop at like places you trusted along and the way. And then I'm going to have to stop you, at hotels. Yeah. What's well, but that's why I said hotels along the way you trust yeah. that are nice enough yeah. and clean enough that if you you know that they're going to do their best and if you get yourself yeah. a you know a mask and you know, I don't, again it's it's a big it's pain very yeah no it's a it's it's exactly and and actually I'll sort of since we like to end on a dour note the thing that really had me worried and I told him was Anth even if the wave hasn't hit yet. How do we know, and I, I don't just mean his wedding, but I mean even going home for Thanksgiving or going home for Christmas, how do we know that that's not the equivalent of Mardi Gras in New Orleans, where it was a little early, everyone went, and we didn't really know until a week or two later that that was idiotic to do. Well, and we, we, a lot of people got sick there. I mean, That's what I mean. That what, My point is that that the virus hits and you don't know, not you don't know, you may not know for five days on average, but it could be 14 that, that you even are sick, but for you to be sick enough for it to percolate up and call your doctor and everything, maybe it's, it's 14 days. I honestly days. don't think, I mean, there are things we don't know for two months. have to try to yeah. feel comfortable with, but I don't think it's, it's we're going to be back to a point of full comfort until we have a vaccine. Well, but the, here's what, let me put a finer point, though, Cliff. My point on this is that even if things look like they're going OK, because we know that there's often a one to three, not often, a one to three week lag before we start hearing about these cases, because you hear about it when they go to the hospital, right. there could be a 
two week period, a three week period where everything's fine. And we all go to weddings and we all go home for Thanksgiving on the busiest sure. travel day of the year. And we don't realize that no. this is, uh, this you, is you certainly with, uh, you know, the, you know, the, your actors and remember AIDS, you would, you, you could do something and not know for you know? five years. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I mean, you're, you're, you're walking in a way yeah. time bomb with but a virus that's going to go off in you. Exactly. And what scares me is I'm afraid we will never know when what I meant was I kept thinking, well, I could wait for a lull and then go home. But we never know if a lull is a lull because it could be a peak, <laughs> but it's two weeks away from Here's showing the in, the, in the results, you know, now we know it exists. And so obviously that changes things. So if we have more testing, but good luck. But yeah, just, well, yeah, I just mean if someone's showing certain yeah. symptoms with some suspicions, you know, it, which is going to be at least some of the people. Well, I mean, but if you think about it, I mean, again, we, we, uh, as soon as I started hearing like that, they, the first cases they found here in March, I remember saying it right then. Cause again, history and all of that I'm like, right. it, it, and, and common sense about travel between here and China. As soon as I heard that and it broke out there in October, I'm like, there's simply no way it wasn't here in January or December or really right. likely November. Um, because anything that, that happens in, if it happened in some remote rural area, like certain times where Ebola has happened, that's different. And Ebola also right. happens to sadly kill people in a very quick succession often. Um, but if it's something where it's a major city like Wuhan that has, I don't know, 10, 12 million, I mean, it's bigger than New York. It's yeah. one of those Chinese cities that's freaking ludicrously large. And and you know there's travel between there and the United States. There's just is simply no way something breaks out in a place like that and, and isn't here. And now we've seen it because I think I told you way back when we were suspicious that my older son had it. And we're still suspicious. We can't get a test, of course, because nobody can to, to prove it because he had the exact symptoms when we went to Vegas to, to on our little president's break last in the middle of February. Right. And we were saying at the time, like, like, what's wrong? Why He said this bad cough, but no mucus. It's like a dry cough. It's right. like something we hadn't seen before. Right. And he had a low grade fever. He was exhausted. And we just pumped him up on that, you know, that like that that hangover stuff they give you right. <laughs> that, that they sell at places there that like gives you some energy and hydrates. It's like Gatorade times 50. We did that. So he'd go out because we'd gone because we all love Aerosmith. So we'd right. go out to the Aerosmith show. But he, for all we know, and my other son got something that was different but didn't feel great. I didn't feel great. We don't know. And that's right. the thing is we literally had no idea. So in some ways, the problem with this happening, it's kind of like people, my grandfather, I would know from talking to him, who experienced the Great Depression. When you experience something like that once, you're always scared it's going to happen again. Right. You know what Actually, I mean? like, yep. like, like, you know, can you say in your mind fully for the rest of your life, you'll be sure doing anything that there's not some other disease out there? Yep. I mean, I hate to say it that way, yep. but and to know that we won't know for at least three months after it's going around. Yeah, it, yeah. If it's similar to this one, obviously yep. it's at a shorter incubation period, and it's it's obviously more more lethal. Sadly, you'd know sooner. Yep. But with, I mean, you just you may. I mean, you know, they they still suspect that the, the the first case of AIDS walked into a hospital in 1959. Oh, yeah, that, I, I mean, didn't realize that. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, didn't, you know, because of sexual mores, there wasn't as much, you know, wasn't the war, there wasn't as much people having sex outside of marriage. And there wasn't as much connection between globally, between continents and whatever. This right. may have been, uh, you know, in hmm. places it, that they came out of Africa. It may have right. been in some parts there or whatever. Somebody comes back here with it, doesn't give it to anybody, dies, but doesn't mean other people can't get it from there too. Right. And eventually as mores change and as people travel right. more and, you know, and and blood transfusions happen more often and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, who the fuck, you know, I mean, like, yeah. I don't want to end on a sad note either. Well, uh, let me, 
I've got another, I mean, related point to end on. I pulled up an article about South Korea because I just had heard about this in the last day. South Korea, a business insider wrote it up but from a South Korean story. But basically, uh, I'll just read the four paragraphs. It's very interesting. South Korea's exemplary coronavirus control measures were put to the test this month. This is a new story. After the country relaxed its social distancing as the number of new daily cases dropped into single digits, okay? South Korea had its first case the same day we did. Um, Number of daily cases is in the single digits. Several people who visited nightclubs in Seoul tested positive. Several people, right? That doesn't sound like 100. Just right. several. The partiers had been out in the city's Itaewon Entertainment District during the first weekend of May, after which dozens of new COVID-19 cases started to get reported each day. So they had a jump from single digits to dozens. So they knew something happened and they knew it was this district. Given that thousands of Koreans... I've had this story too, so I yep. know where you're headed. Given the thousands of Koreans who had been at the clubs that weekend, South Korea was staring down an infection cluster that threatened to catalyze nationwide. Because right, all these people went to the same clubs and then they spread back out around the country, right? The country's response, they, within two weeks, they tracked down 46,000 people who had contact with the known infected partygoers, tested them all for coronavirus. More than 160 people tested positive and were isolated. By That's May, how they handled it, and we never can. The one guy called off. Last line, last line. By May 18th, the country's new daily cases had dropped back to nine. There you go. I mean, that's this, how you that's handle how reopening advanced democracies that yeah that and their democracy democracy yeah that tax people that are on their way to being trillionaires the proper yeah. amount that they should be taxed and spend amazing that money on, on, the, on infrastructure public health the greater good that's how they do things this is how again it, it didn't include everybody because of racism sexism and whatever but this is how at least for the people that it did include we handled things in the 50s and 60s and 70s it's an insane and, story I mean, I, I just, but this is what we're not doing. This is why, this is why it's dangerous to reopen because we, we have, and we keep saying we don't have enough testing in DC, for example, I was looking at the regs the other day because my friend Damien actually went and got a test in Maryland finally, because Maryland has enough that they're telling everybody like, go get tested just to see or whatever. Right. Although even that it should be done more methodical, but nonetheless, he went and got tested. He didn't have antibodies. Um, you know, my, my sister and her husband were really sick beginning of January and boy, the symptoms were suspicious, right? Didn't didn't transfer to the rest of us, but very suspicious symptoms, you know, that we're wondering. Wouldn't it be great if she get tested? Well, I looked in D.C. D.C., the rules are still in place that you've got to either be sick and your doctor thinks you're sick, uh, meaning doctor thinks it's COVID. Right. You, were, you were in contact with somebody who's COVID. You're over 65. I believe it's over 65 and have a condition that merits. I mean, it the, the, it is still the kind of, I don't want to say draconian, but it is not a, we it's are systematic. That you do, like China was doing, where they actually were in some areas, to, they just were doing random testing. You didn't yeah. have a choice, by the way, where they would yeah. pick a name and do it just to make, because on top of testing anybody who yeah. had who'd shown symptoms, anybody who'd been near anybody around them who'd shown symptoms, their family yeah. members, others, they also would do you. That's the other thing you do. You do random spot tests. Oh, what about just? Can, can you imagine a van going up. around the city just randomly testing? I know. Just and just like test my neighborhood. Text test the next neighborhood over. Actually, even the next block over. Go three blocks over, uh, four blocks north. It becomes more of a Latino neighborhood in Mount Pleasant. Test there. You know, right. more mixed. Go then test in Columbia Heights, which apparently does have like a cluster right now. Um, but I mean, you you, I just. 
it's very frustrating because again, it should be nationwide coordinated because part of the problem too is you're leaving it to each state to come up with not just the testing uh, uh, ability, but the actual protocols. And you're saying each of the 50 states, you st- you've, each of you have never had to deal with this before, figure it out, figure out how to do good contact tr- tracing, blah, 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 blah. And it's just very, anyway, yeah, this is just, what we need we we don't have. We can labor it, that we don't try. You know, and now we've been going an hour and 40 minutes. We always, I know, we'll we stop say, now. I just want to, I, here's what I'll end with, sadly, huh. which is a guy who's tweet, has been tweeting out the numbers, tweeted out 45 minutes ago that we were at 99,950. So you can pretty much yep. guess we've passed 100,000 now. Well, and I think it's because things didn't get counted over the weekend or the holiday because the and numbers now didn't the next change. Big, the yeah. next big, uh, um, what do you call it? Um, the next threshold, call it the landmark, but the next big sort of threshold, uh, yeah, threshold is probably is not really far away. At one hundred sixteen thousand and change, we would tie the number of Americans who died in World War One, and that's going to happen in oh, pretty short order. Wow. Then after that, it, it, but before we get up to the four hundred thousand, you know, in World War Two would be a, a long, right. long time. So, but the fact that we are going to surpass World War One deaths is just yeah, fucking incredible. Well, and we'll never. All right, let's stop this nonsense. All right, guys, we'll get back to you later this week with more Have a great joy. Day. Yes. <laughs> Better stuff than we promised. Yeah. All right.